Welcome to The Sweet Spot. I'm your host, Corey Bradley. Thank you for tuning in yet again to an episode here on The Sweet Spot. And you know, the NBA playoffs is in full effect. It's been super exciting. One of the more exciting playoff first round experiences that I can recall in recent history. I mean, you look at the matchups that were in the first round. You know, Denver-Portland has been great. Yeah, Phoenix-Los Angeles has been exciting. Los Angeles and the Dallas Mavericks has been to the wire uh, with Dallas winning the first two in L.A., then L.A. coming back and winning the next two in Dallas, and then the Mavericks stole game five as well. So looking at some of these matchups, I'm going to list my favorite order of the first-round matchups. Uh, eight to one. We know there's 16 teams, eight in each conference. So I'm going to start with number eight with the least favorite or least interesting, exciting matchup that occurred in the first round. So starting at number eight is Philadelphia and Washington. Philadelphia finally wrapped up that series four games to one. This is a reason why the first round should be best three out of five. You could see after game one, okay, Philadelphia is going to destroy Washington. Washington has zero chance to win this series. Why do they? Why do we as fans have to witness three more beatdowns? Like we know clearly that Philadelphia is the better team. Washington stands zero chance to upset the 76ers. Why do we need to see three more big blowouts? And so. You know, I know it's all about the money. It's about ratings because another game that that's millions more dollars through, you know, TV revenue and then ticket sales and merchandising and concessions and parking and all that plays into it. But this is why it was the least favorite matchup in my opinion. Sixers, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris is like one of the he gets he's a star, but he's so disrespected and I feel like just underappreciated on how good he really is because all the talk goes to Simmons and Embiid but Philly I love what they have I love what they have with Seth Curry and Danny Green Matisse Thibel George Hill they have so many nice players surrounding their nucleus Tyrese Maxey I really like the makeup of this Philadelphia 76ers team with Doc Rivers at the helm in his first year but it's all contended upon Joel Embiid they said he has a meniscus tear. And, you know, anytime you have any type of injury of that magnitude, but especially with a big man who has injury problems, that's a huge concern for the 76ers moving forward in this year's NBA playoffs. So Philadelphia Washington, number eight, boring series. I watched a few minutes each game, but it was it was painful to watch because no one needed to see five games of that stuff because Philadelphia was hands down the best team in that series. Number seven, Milwaukee and Miami. This was a sweep by the Bucks. I know game one went into overtime and Miami gave their best shot in that game one. And I feel like that took a lot that loss took a lot out of them and they just never recovered for the final three games. And you know, Jimmy Butler didn't have his best series. None of the Heat members really had a really good series. I mean, Brent Forbes scored more points than Jimmy Butler. 
Jimmy Butler had 58 total points. Brent Forbes scored 60 for the Bucks, and Brent Forbes has been a great complement to that Bucks team who needed shooting, and that's what he does best is light it up from deep. You know, I got a chance to see him for a few years in San Antonio. Brent Forbes, a very nice addition for the Bucks. This was a series that was a wash. Uh, was never exciting after that game one, as I mentioned. That's why it comes in at number seven, which, you know, prior to the playoffs, you could have been like, man, this could be a top three, top four matchup for the entire playoffs. This could have came a lot higher on my list. But because of the way Miami just didn't have it this year, you know, it just was not a good showing for that Miami Heat team. Milwaukee went out and got Drew Holiday. Uh, I mean, excellent player, excellent defender. You know, he can get to the hole. He can knock down a few jumpers. I think he's going to be an intricate part as they get ready to face the Brooklyn Nets. Who would they put him on? Will it be on Harden? Will it be on Irving? Drew Holiday has the chance to be that X factor because you expect Giannis to do what he does, but he needs the role players and the guys around him to really hone in and help offensively because we know the Bucks are going to be tough defensively. As I mentioned, Drew Holiday, Giannis, P.J. Tucker, the Bucks are going to be solid defensively, but will they have enough offensively because Harden's going to get his, Durant's going to get his, Kyrie's going to get his, Joe Harris. Nobody talks about Joe Harris. Joe Harris is a shooter, lights out shooter, and he could be and will probably be that X factor for the Nets themselves. So, um, that's going to be an exciting series to see Milwaukee and in Brooklyn square toe to toe. Who's going to advance to the Eastern Conference Finals? I believe it's going to be a very exciting matchup that will go six games for sure. Six games for sure. Nothing less than six between those two teams. Speaking of the Nets, coming in at number six, Brooklyn and Boston. Brooklyn won that series four games to one. When Jalen Brown was announced that he was out for the rest of the playoffs, it didn't matter what happened because we knew we knew Brooklyn was going to win the series even if Brown played. So with him being out, he definitely didn't have a shot. And the only game the Nets, uh, excuse me, the only game that the Celtics won, Tatum had to score fifty in that game. They just didn't have enough firepower to match the Brooklyn Nets, and really nobody in the NBA has that kind of firepower to match what's going on in Brooklyn currently. So Brooklyn, just having three of the best isolation players to ever play the game, everybody kind of penciled in, forget pencil. They pinned in, they highlight markered in Brooklyn to the NBA Finals because nobody expects that team to come up short of the Larry O'Brien trophy. And especially... This year, with the way the Lakers look, the way LeBron has been hampered by injuries, Anthony Davis stays hurt. That's a, a topic for another day. But um, that's the number six. Brooklyn, Boston, it was just not a good series because Boston was just clearly overmatched. Now, coming in at number five, the Clippers and the Mavericks. Dallas currently leads three games to two. Dallas jumped out first two games in L.A. They won those. Dallas goes home and loses both games at home to tie it up 2-2. And then they go back to L.A. And the Mavericks was able to come out with that Game 5 victory, leading the series three games to two. Luka being Luka, the Clippers being the Clippers. I mean, 
Dallas, if they can ever find a consistent number two behind Luka, watch out because Porzingis has not been that guy. Uh, they won game five. He had eight points. Now, he did hit a clutch three in that corner late in that game to help. I think they gave them like a 10-point lead or something like that. But um, he just has not been that guy since that knee injury that he suffered back in New York. And who knows if he'll ever get back to that level of play pre-injury. And big man injuries, always an issue, always a concern. I've talked about it before. I'll talk about it again. It'll always be an issue because it's so true. So Los Angeles Clippers, you know, I don't like the Clippers. I don't like anything L.A. Uh, This team has plenty of talent. But who is the leader on that team? There is no established leader. Like, you know, you look at the Lakers, it's LeBron, right? You look in Portland, it's Dame, right? You look in... Atlanta is Trey Young. He's voice. He starts to come out and kind of be that guy that you want him to be. But who is that in, in L.A.? It's not Paul George. Kawhi doesn't talk. I mean, Rondo could be that guy, but I just feel like it's too much personality, too much going on there with he and, and Morris. And, you know, just who's the one to rally the troops, you know, when it's getting rough, when it is tough? Who is the one that the rest of the team looks up to? And L.A., I don't know what it is. I don't have a problem with them losing the Clippers, that is, as I'm mentioning. They lost last year to the Nuggets after having a 3-1 lead. And it looks like they could go down to Dallas in the first round. And if they do, Steve Ballmer, the owner, is going to have a fit. That dude may just (laughs) – you see how animated he is on the sideline during games. I love it, though, because I can't stand the Clippers. I can't stand anything L.A., as I mentioned. Um, L.A., Dallas has been a really good series. It comes in at number five. It could go seven. I'm hoping the Mavericks wraps it up in six, sends the Clippers home. But this has been an entertaining matchup because we know the history between Luka and Marcus Morris and some of those guys, as I've mentioned, that just are they, – they, they, they appear to be tougher than they really are. And that's kind of the facade that the Clippers portray. They're fake. They're phony. They get upset. If Dallas comes out and waxes them in game six and puts it away early, watch for a few flagrant fouls and just silliness and just pettiness. Um, I, I, it's funny because when I, as I'm talking about this, I think about Dallas back when they had Dirk and they were playing the Lakers and they were destroying the Lakers. And this they were destroying that L.A. team and was up by a boatload, and then you had Andrew Bynum with his flagrant foul, knocked J.J. Barea to the floor. It was a little like, like his chicken. He chicken-winged him. Barea, I think, went for a layup. Bynum's seven foot. Barea's like 5'9", 5'10", and he chicken-winged him in the air, and he just walked out of court because he knew he was ejected. Took his jersey off and everything. Lamar Odom, same thing in that game. I think he fouled Dirk Nowitzki and got ejected. It was just... It was it was it was a joke because when you see sore losers like that, and it showed in that LA team, I think this Clippers team is very similar to that. So if Dallas comes out and waxes Los Angeles in Game Six, watch for some some cheap shots, some some pettiness, something that's just uncalled for in the game of basketball. Pinch a penny, pool, patio, and spa is the introduction sponsor for the Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. 
more than just a full-service pool and supply company. They offer backyard entertainment options like big green eggs, clear light infrared saunas, and patio furniture. Locally owned and operated by Jason and Amy Sharp. Pinch a Penny Pool Patio and Spa, 1435 Westgate Parkway in Dothan. Our phone, 334-671-POOL. Care Animal Center is a local business partner of The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Their goal has always been to assemble a team that is dedicated to providing quality veterinary services for their clients' pets. Care Animal Center offers surgical, dental, medical, and pet wellness programs for that furry member of the family. Their website is careanimal.net. Care Animal Center, 3454 West Main Street in Dothan, 334-794-6333. Many of us spend more time thinking about what's for dinner than thinking about retirement. But if you think your retirement deserves more attention, I can help. I'm Edward Jones Financial Advisor, Greg Wakefield. Stop by our office at 5630 West Main Street in Dothan. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Attorney Kaz Espy is a proud supporter of The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Kaz has experience in both federal and state courts regarding a wide range of civil matters. Specializing in bankruptcy, debt resolution, probate, and estate planning, Kaz listens to the concerns of his clients, understanding their individual needs. Attorney Kaz Espy, phone 334-793-6288 or online at espymetcalf.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers. RLC Shirts is a family-owned and operated custom apparel and gift business, providing custom printing and embroidery on t-shirts, polos, hats, boots, baby apparel, scarves, bags, and more. For churches, schools, sports organizations, family reunion t-shirts, or businesses that need personalized workwear or promotional apparel, RLC Shirts can help with no minimum order. Phone 334-899-4339 or online rlcshirts.com. Ridgecrest Baptist Church proudly supports all local athletics. At Ridgecrest, we have many opportunities for all ages, including children, middle school, high school, and college students. I'm Chase Fault, the student pastor, and I want to invite you to see how your family might fit in at Ridgecrest. Learn more on our website at rbcdothan.org. Welcome back to The Sweet Spot, sponsored by Pinch-A-Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa. As we continue this list of order of best series matchups in the NBA playoffs thus far, to recap, number eight, I have Philadelphia-Washington, a cakewalk. Philadelphia won that four games to one. Milwaukee at number seven. Milwaukee-Miami, they got the brooms out. They swept the heat. They move on to play the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets... Boston series was number six on my list. Brooklyn won that four games to one. Number five, Los Angeles Clippers, Dallas Mavericks. It's been exciting, been interesting. We'll see what happens for the rest of that series as Dallas leads three games to two. Moving on to number four, New York, Atlanta. Atlanta won the series four games to one. Trey Young gets a taste of the postseason, and he did not disappoint whatsoever. You know, they have so many options, so many weapons on that side of the ball with John Collins and Kevin Herter and Cam Reddish and Bogdan Bajanovic. You have my guy Danilo Gallinari. You know, they have so many weapons. Clint Capella around the rim catching oops. Just New York had no chance. They just didn't have enough to match what the Hawks were bringing on a nightly basis from an offensive standpoint. And then the Hawks' defense 
was stellar as well as they shut down Julius Randle. Randle didn't do a single thing in that series, and he was the most improved player. You get 27 points from Alec Burks in Game 1, and anytime you get that kind of performance from a guy like Burks, when you know what you expect to get from Randle, what you expect to get from Rose, you get 27 from Burks, you have to win that game. That's where I feel like New York kind of put themselves behind the hole early. Even though they won game two, which, you know, you needed to win game two before you go back to Atlanta. But losing that kind of game one when you have those bonus moments from a guy like Alec Burks, they were just never able to duplicate or get that kind of production from anybody else aside from Derrick Rose. So it'll be interesting to see what the Knicks do in the offseason. But that was a very exciting series. We know Trey Young and the fans are chirping back and forth in New York and it's the whole spit incident. And, you know, they're talking about Trey Young being a showman now. Like he he has embraced that kind of villain role. I mean anybody that goes into New York, you're a villain. But when it's Trey Young who lights it up from three and it's super exciting and doesn't back down from the moment that was a very exciting series. It was a lot of chippiness. You you saw players kind of, you know, holding grudges against each other. But uh, the Hawks Knicks series did not disappoint. New York Atlanta came in at number four on my best series of matchups. Now number three, Phoenix and L.A. The Lakers and the Suns. You know, injuries have played a huge part in the narrative of this, of this series. With Chris Paul getting hurt in Game One. You have Anthony Davis, who went down recently, who stays hurt, as Charles Barkley. You know, I love Barkley inside the NBA. That's one of the best shows in sports. Well, I like Ernie and I like Chuck, but I can't stand Kenny Smith and Shaq, especially Shaq. He's just, I don't know, just sensitive. Like, you do, you're too big to be that sensitive. You know, you're 7'1", 350 pounds or whatever, and you're just super sensitive when anybody says anything opposite of what you believe or that attacks you in your game which is a lot of times very accurate so I can't stand Shaq but you hear your boy Chuck Barkley Charles Barkley round mounted rebound to talk about Anthony Davis and the new nickname that he gave him take a listen to the latest entertaining soundbite from Charles Barkley on Inside the NBA on TNT about the injury prone power forward slash center of the Los Angeles Lakers who was always banged up and is battling a growing injury right now in the NBA playoffs. Uh, I told you, the Lakers can't win this, 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 this series. Forget about the championship. They can't win this series without uh, street clothes. <laughs> I'm not even... You want to explain that? I call him Anthony Street Clothes Davis because he's always in street clothes. You ain't got to explain it, Chuck. Thank you. No, I just said what I said. Dude, I was just trying to distance myself as far as possible. Street Clothes Davis. Anthony Street Clothes Davis. I love Charles Barkley. Like, this dude says exactly what's on his mind. He does not sugarcoat a single thing, regardless of who it affects or regardless of how it makes another person feel. He speaks his mind. He's genuine. You know, I always said I respect honesty. I respect people who can tell me straightforward what it is. Like, be be honest with me because I can respect honesty even if you don't tell me what I want to hear. You know, 
you look at situations, I you know, people know me, I'm a Spurs fan, Kawhi Leonard didn't tell the truth, he wanted to go to L.A., just go to L.A., just say you want to go to L.A., we're cool with it, don't make up this whole narrative that, you know, you got bad information on misdiagnosis with your injury and all that, I'd never respected him since, but similar to like whatever like relationships you know you have like this girl that you're interested in and you know you're talking to her and then all of a sudden everything you know changes and it's just like what flipped you're like what did i do different what did i say did i do something no it's not you it's this blah 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 i want to i want to focus on my career but you know and this is like if you don't want to talk to me anymore, just tell me you don't want to talk to me anymore like I've, I've heard i've had conversations with females of like why do you do guys this way where you know he gets your number and you never plan to answer like if you don't want to talk to me just say you don't want to talk to me you know just say that hey i'm not interested i have a boyfriend or whatever but don't give the number out with no intentions to actually answer or have a conversation with that person and so this is what i look at with uh you know charles barkley he just says whatever his mind even if you if it's something you don't agree with something you don't like i respect him because as charles barkley he says exactly what comes to mind without holding back any punches and so Anthony Street close Davis, this is where the Lakers are in trouble. This is where the Lakers were in trouble in acquiring Anthony Davis because he has always been hurt. He has never been healthy in his entire NBA career at all. And so here it is again. We see the same thing. This dude is always hurt. It never changes. Nothing's new. Whether it's New Orleans or Los Angeles or somewhere in Japan, Anthony Davis is going to be hurt. And they put all their eggs in one basket for this one guy. And the only reason they won a championship last year is because of the bubble. During the pandemic, there were several months where he didn't have to play. If it was during the full season, I promise you, Anthony Davis would have been hurt. The Lakers wouldn't have won a world championship. And this is not the first time that I've said this. I've said it when they acquired him. Take a listen to one of my earlier episodes on The Sweet Spot as I addressed the whole Anthony Davis situation. I was doing an episode giving my top three teams in each conference leading into the NBA tip-off of the regular season. This is what I had to say about Anthony Davis before his first game as an L.A. Laker. But my main concern is with Anthony Davis. They acquired him in the trade from the Pelicans, where the, the Pelicans acquired Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, and uh, just <laughs> several draft picks for years to come. But it all starts with Anthony Davis. Can he stay healthy? He was the number one pick in the 2012 NBA draft. So this is his eighth season. But his previous seven seasons – he played more than 70 games only twice. I'll repeat that. Through his first seven seasons, he's played more than 70 games twice. You heard it right there. I mean, Anthony Davis cannot be trusted, and the Lakers gave up a whole bunch for that dude. Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram became an all-star. You look at the several picks, Lonzo Ball, they, they've mortgaged their future for somebody who can't stay healthy, and he's a big man. LeBron's getting older. Who is LeBron going to pass the torch to? Because it can't be Anthony Davis. Because Anthony Davis is going to be on the sidelines of street clothes Davis, as we briefly alluded to with Barkley and his comments. So the Lakers are in a – now, what they do have for them is their L.A. It's going to sell itself because of the city and the market and people want to play for the Lakers for whatever reason. But Anthony Davis is not the guy. He's not the guy. He stays hurt. Every time 
he falls to the ground, you're like, oh, he's out for three months. You know, he's already missed a lot of time this year as is. And so this Sun series against the Lakers, Chris Paul got banged up. I was just like, why is he playing? Because he was nowhere near himself. Like, you know, they say a, an 80% Chris Paul is better than nothing, right? Well, he wasn't even 80%. He was maybe 55, 60, maybe. Because it's his right shoulder. He's right-handed, and he can't shoot for, for anything. I mean, there was no lift on his on his shot. There was no arc on his shot. Everything was short. Even his free throws, you could tell the discomfort that he was suffering from in those early games. Now, he seemed to have adjusted well since that injury in game one, but it's not really been because of Chris Paul that they're in this 3-2 series lead against the Lakers. It's guys like Devin Booker, Cam Johnson, Cameron Payne has been excellent in this series. You know, you look at Mikel Bridges, who can hit the open shot. Jay Crowder will take many. He'll hit a few. Uh, DeAndre Ayton has played well. I know people's like, man, he's been balling. Well, he's just been around the basket. The, the guards have been all, doing all the work, and they just dump it off to him for a dunk underneath the basket or alley-oop. But it's not like he's banging in the post and doing his all excellent post moves or nothing like that. Ayton is just taking what they've given him. They set him up nicely. He finishes strong, just like any big man is supposed to do. So Phoenix sitting in a great position to shut the Lakers out. If Anthony Davis cannot play in game six and possibly a game seven and contribute at a high level, then you know what? It's a wrap. And I would love to see it because it's the Lakers. I like LeBron. Don't like the Lakers. I like Wesley Matthews. Don't like the Lakers. I like Kyle Kuzma don't like the Lakers. So Phoenix comes in at number three this series against Los Angeles. We'll see if they wrap that up. Number two was Utah Memphis. Like Utah wrapped it up four games to one, but other than game five where they closed out the series, the other games were all close. They were all down to the wire, all in the last two, three minutes where Utah would make a run and put it, put it away. That Utah team is impressive. I mean, they have shooters out the world. You know, you look at Bojan Bogdanovich, Joe Ingles, Mike Conley. I know it felt good for him. It's one thing, you know, they Utah, the whole first season last year, Mike Conley didn't go well, but then he had a great series, opening series this year, and it was against his former team, the team that drafted him, the team that uh, where he became an all-star and one of the more underrated players in his era. The dude was sensational against his former team, the Memphis Grizzlies. Donovan Mitchell, when he came back, he picked up right where he left off from his injury. A huge lift for that Jazz team who needed that guy. They needed that guy. He became that guy. He is that guy. The Jazz, Gobert, they're already saying he's going to win another Defensive Player of the Year award. Um, Royce O'Neal. Like, it's like whenever he shoots, it's money. Like, he's going to hit his three, and he doesn't miss. So it's crazy how just loaded they are from a perimeter standpoint. I didn't even mention Jordan Clarkson yet. Jordan Clarkson has been excellent as well. 24 points in back-to-back games, game four and game five. Um, so watch out for that Jazz team. They're, they're being slept on even though they're number one seed in the West. Nobody really talks about them, but they could easily, and I do say easily, become that team that represents the West in the NBA Finals. And so Memphis just didn't have enough. They fought hard because that's their culture. That's what they have really 
built their roster upon. I mean, back in the day, Gritton Grind, yeah, Zach Randolph, Mike Conley, as I mentioned, Mark Gasol, Tony Allen. You know, that team was was tough. And so this Memphis team now kind of has a similar mindset of being fearless. Kyle Anderson, one of the better defenders in the league. Dylan Brooks, amazing defender. And he's a he's a bucket, too. He's not a, a guy that shies away from the moment. And I remember him coming out of Oregon. I love Dylan Brooks. Like, I was a fan of his. And he went in the second round to the Rockets. And, I, you know, NBA 2K, I get the game, and I'm like, man, this is a rookie I want to play with. I want to play with Dylan Brooks. And his defense was like a D-plus, I promise you. No lie, go look it up. So I couldn't play with him because I'm a defensive-minded guy first. So if a perimeter guy is not a good defender, then what am I going to do with you? And so it's amazing how it was a lack of scouting by the NBA 2K department because they'll do great by the lottery guys, but if you're a second-round pick, that's like they don't even watch your film to see what you can really do. Dylan Brooks has always been a great defender, hands down. It's not like all of a sudden he is now that guy. Great defender. Grayson Allen, defender. Like, they are going to be tough. They're all young. If Jaron Jackson can bounce back from his meniscus tear injury, you could tell he wasn't himself in that series against the Jazz. They are going to be a team to watch out for the years to come. What do they do? Do they go out and make a move for another, maybe a veteran, somebody who who has been there to kind of lead the way with John Morant, who is a flat-out superstar? Or do they stamp out with this young group and let them run? But Utah-Memphis was an excellent series. Comes in at number two on my list. I enjoyed watching each one of those games, each one of those matchups. And I think it was... Great for that Utah team to be matched up against a Memphis Grizzlies franchise in that first round where, you know, you look at one and eight seeds, oh, man, it's going to be a cakewalk. No, that's not your typical eight seed team. The Grizzlies were not. And so they were actually number nine on the outside looking in. They had to go through that play-in tournament, beat the Spurs, then beat the Warriors to earn a spot in the playoffs. So I look at my Spurs back in 2014. We had to go against the Dallas Mavericks. So the Mavericks are a in-state rival in their a Southwest division rival. And so to the Mavericks took my Spurs to seven games and I was sweating out every game. Cause I knew this is Dallas. This is that same franchise that has beaten us before. And we've gone toe to toe with them for several years. We beat them. Eventually went on to beat the champions, uh, the former champions, the Miami heat. So I think that matchup against Memphis serves Utah well moving forward in this Western conference playoffs, as I do believe that they will be that team representing that West in the NBA Finals. I don't see anybody else beating them with the firepower, the shooting power, a team that averages 17 threes a game. Nobody in the West can match what they're doing in Salt Lake City. Coming in at number one, Denver, Portland, fantastic series. It's amazing the job that Michael Malone has done with that Denver team because when Jamal Murray went out, I was like, oh, boy, that's it for Denver. But he has pieced together this roster with Austin Rivers, who hadn't played in two months after being traded from New York to Oklahoma City. Then he got waived. You know, he stepped up big for them. You look at Campazzo, who is an excellent point guard when it comes to just the purity of being a point and what it's like to run an offense, make the right pass. You don't have too many purists anymore when it comes to that point guard position. Everybody is a scorer. So Austin Rivers, you look at Michael Porter Jr. has stepped up. Um, 
Paul Millsap, I don't know why he's still in the roster. They, they, when he was a free agent last year, they should let him walk. He hasn't been a factor at all. But Monte Morris has been huge. Marcus Howard, the rookie out of Marquette, is a bucket. The Nuggets have looked better than I expected post-Jamal Murray, but they've had their challenges going against Dane. Dame has been doing it all. He's been doing it all by himself. Carmelo's had a few good games. He'll sit in that corner. He'll knock down open shots. But they don't have a clear number two. C.J. McCollum has been good, but he's not reliable to get them to that next level that the Blazers should have been by now. So the Blazers are sitting on the brink of elimination. They are down 3-2 as I record this. Will they be able to keep their season alive? Even if they do, they're not going to have a sustaining run moving forward. So watch for Terry Stotts to lose his job. C.J. McCollum, in my opinion, should be traded for a big man, somebody who is skilled, who can score inside and out. I said Christian Wood is somebody that Portland should go out there and get. Not sure if Houston would trade him, but if they could get a guy like Christian Wood, somebody interior base that could help them get to where they need to be because this whole McCollum Lillard experiment is not it. Lillard needs help. He needs somebody that can help him get to where he wants to be, which is a championship in Portland, not going to Golden State, not teaming in, teaming up with other superstars in the league. Dame Lillard, I respect that guy this world because he'd rather beat you than win with you. I've always had that mindset myself. I don't respect guys who go take the easy way out. Kevin Durant has done it his entire career. If they win this year, it'll be just like he did with Curry and Green and Thompson. Dude, you just teamed up with other stars to get it done, and so he's a joke. Even though he's a great player, one of the best in the world, he's a joke. But Denver-Portland, fantastic series. Dane Willard has shown why he's the most clutch player in the league, hands down. There's nobody else you'd rather have the ball with the time running down. You're down one. The series, the season is on the line. Dane Willard has shown time and time again why he is that dude. Game five, where they ended up losing to Denver, and I guess it was that first overtime, he had 12 of the 14 points. Like, C.J. McCollum didn't even score at all in either overtime. Like, where is – if he's supposed to be your number two ace, your, your Robin to your Batman, where is he? Why isn't he showing up when you need him most? So, I think McCollum should be traded. I wouldn't be shocked if it happens. Portland can't keep running back with the same group, the same core, and expect to go deep to the playoffs. It's not happening. Dame is your guy. Go get somebody else on the interior that can help him. Like, I, I, I saw that LaMarcus Aldridge quote again today. I know it was said a year or so ago. He regrets not having more time with Dame. He even said eventually he wanted to come back to Portland after San Antonio and run it back and see what they could do. That's the type of player Portland needs. Somebody who can relieve the pressure from such a perimeter-based offense and get you a bucket down low where now you're like, okay, do we go one-on-one with this post player who's getting every single look he wants? Do we double that? Because then we leave up uh, Norman Powell open, Carmelo open, Dame open. What do you do? Portland has to make moves. But that series is number one on my list. We know how great Jokic is. This dude may be on his way to his first NBA MVP award of his career. But uh, when Jamal went down, I didn't know if they would have enough. And I think it's more so great coaching by Michael Malone, even though he should have double, triple team Dame Lillard in that game five escape victory. But he's done a fantastic job. 
and it looks like Terry Stott's job will be on the line with Game 6 going on, and will Portland be able to escape that Denver Nuggets team and advance to the next round? What a start to these NBA playoffs. The first round did not disappoint. You know, the fans create a totally different atmosphere. You're so glad to have them back in the arenas. You know, there's nothing like postseason sports, whether it's NBA, MLB, NFL. And it's largely because of the fans being there. It's the emotion from the players because they know what's riding at stake. So uh, I'm excited to see what happens for the rest of the NBA playoffs. We know for sure Brooklyn is going to be playing Milwaukee. Watch out for that one. Atlanta will be taking on Philadelphia. Will Embiid play? If he does play, how effective will he be? Watch out for that storyline there. Utah has advanced. Denver, Portland 3-2 as I'm recording this. Phoenix, LA 3-2. LA Clippers, Dallas Mavericks 3-2. NBA playoffs is just heating up. And so I think a lot of people, even those who don't watch much during the regular season or claim not to be NBA fans wholeheartedly, will be tuning in because it's the playoffs. It's the postseason. Fans are back. The atmosphere, the environment is totally different than what the regular season brings. So watch out for the rest of these NBA playoffs. Watch out for one of my future episodes as I talk about a few of my unsung heroes. NBA playoffs always brings about that X factor, that guy that is playing above his regular season play or better than what you expected because all the attention goes to the stars. Watch for one of my future episodes as I talk about a few guys who have really caught my attention and what they've done so far in this postseason. And as we always say, there's nothing better than being in the sweet spot.